Welcome home to the Tiny Hat Energy Podcast. My name is Amanda, and my commitment is to be radically vulnerable as I share my story, energy, and love with the intention it will help you as you journey through life. I am on a mission to help create a new world of love where space is saved for everyone's Tiny Hat Energy. My name for the energy present when we embody our most loving, vulnerable, and authentic self. Together, we will walk through both immense suffering, from trauma, addiction, incarceration, grief, and mental health, and immeasurable joy from overcoming suffering, finding my tiny hat energy, and living once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Every moment of my life has been a gift from grace calling me home to my natural state of love. After almost taking my life in a desperate attempt to stop suffering, I finally woke up and answered that call. I welcome you to join me on this journey of learning, unlearning, healing, and loving. I'm so grateful and humbled that the universe brought you here with me today, and I love you. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we are going to be talking about speaking your truth. I'm going to get a little bit into what that looks like and what it doesn't look like. I'm going to share a lot about my vulnerable truth about what I've been going through recently, which is healing a lot of my inner child wounds and traumas from my childhood and my past. And I'm going to share a little bit about how I've been transcending those traumas and wounds and how I've been connecting with my inner child, what's been working for me, what hasn't been working for me. So it's going to be a good episode today, and I'm just so grateful that you're here with me. As you all know, authenticity is really important to me. It's kind of the framework of this podcast, and it's also what I personally believe can be one of the core pillars of helping us heal the world. And so speaking your truth is kind of really one of the core ways that you can live your most authentic life. And, you know, you don't have to be into spirituality and energy and chakras and all of those things. But this kind of really, for me, came from my throat chakra, right? Your throat chakra governs your truth and your speaking and living in truth. And really, when fully expressed, is being your most authentic self, which is your tiny hat, which is my tiny hat. And so... It's really important to learn how to effectively and appropriately and authentically communicate our needs, our boundaries, our ideas, our feelings. I don't know about all of you listening, but I was not taught that. I was definitely not taught that in school. And this has nothing to do with parenting, right? There is no manual on parenting and neither of my parents ever sat me down and was like, okay, Amanda, it's really important to communicate your needs and this, these are your types of needs and here's how you may communicate those or here's what those may look like. So I hope that you don't feel like if you don't know how to do this, you know that there's something wrong with you or you should know how to do this. I would honestly venture to say that outside of those of us who have done a lot of therapy, And even then, most of us still don't know how to authentically and effectively and respectfully speak our truth. Let's talk a little bit about what speaking your truth isn't, because I feel really strongly about this. Speaking your truth is not telling people all of the things you don't like about them. It is not telling people all the things they've done wrong. It's not talking about somebody else on social media. I'm not encouraging you all to go and call every person who you feel has hurt you and, you know, tell them all of the things in your mind, right? Speaking your truth is coming from you. It's communicating about your feelings, your needs, your boundaries, you know, your actions, your intentions, etc. It is not going to other people and talking about their things and, you know, what they need to work on, etc. 
that's a little bit about what it doesn't look like and I kind of shared a little bit about what it does look like in essence it's respectfully and appropriately and effectively and consistently being able to share all of the things all of your needs and desires and wants and boundaries and yes pain as well I'm going to get a little bit into kind of being vulnerable about what I've been going through these past like month or two that is specifically related to inner child wounds and something that I think may apply to a lot of you is definitely applied to me and a lot of people that I've you know been around or worked with is we're not really taught as children how to speak our truth in fact you know you could even go as far as to argue in the general society and public system and and things like that school especially we're kind of silenced you're told you can't speak without raising your hand we are given remarks on our grades of you know talks too much in class uh, you know they don't want you to talk in class and it's really kind of very subtle but when you think about it the the kind of brainwashing that goes into telling young children from the time they're three four years old you need to raise your hand and have permission to speak and I'm not saying we shouldn't have order and all of that that's a whole different ball game and that's not the point I'm trying to make here I'm just trying to help you kind of go huh that's a really interesting point I have been having to ask for permission to speak and then when you look at the traditional parent-child relationship right again doesn't apply to everyone did kind of apply to me you really see this kind of hierarchy of I am the parent and you are the child you have no rights because I am the adult I make the decisions for you and again I don't know about a lot of you but I certainly was not regularly and consistently sat down and said what would you like here what do you feel would make you happier what are your needs it kind of was that traditional household of you know all those things you hear I'm the parent you're the child when you're an adult you can make your own decisions and so we can really see how throughout systems and school and churches and just traditional parenting we are really wired to not speak our truth another really big thing that I've kind of been looking at and this one doesn't apply to me as much but it may apply to a lot of you especially if you're you know a little bit older is that kind of teaching from parents of when someone says hello be respectful and say hello back versus you know if you're uncomfortable by the stranger who's saying hello to you, speaking your truth would be, you know, no thank you, I don't want to engage with this person. And so that could look like a lot of different things in your life. I'd encourage you to sit with this and to kind of really dig in and see what in your life encouraged or disencouraged you to speak or not speak your truth because it's those really subtle, deep, subconscious wirings of our mind that's what we're looking for that's what we're looking to change and the only way to do that is through self-knowledge inquiry you know journaling meditation therapy whatever tools work for you i'll share some of mine in the end of this podcast getting back to what i've been going through as i said in the beginning speaking your truth is not about sitting here and talking about all of the things anyone from my past has done that is not what speaking your truth is and so i'm going to speak my truth and stay focused on my experience and how that has impacted me and how at 30 years old i'm having these massive inner child healing sessions for me that has looked like my core inner child wounds that i've identified are I am not lovable, I am not worthy, and I am not enough. Those are my core three. In response to the environment that I grew up in and a lot of the control and 
the fact that there wasn't space for my feelings and needs and boundaries. My primary parent was in a state and in a place in their, you know, identification with their mind and their lack of healing that their needs and their boundaries and their rules were the needs and boundaries and rules. And so that kind of really taught me long term that like what I wanted and what I thought didn't matter and if I wasn't doing what pleased my parent or on the flip side was doing something that didn't please my parent, there was going to be consequences, be it, you know, anger, be it removing me from the house. I was kicked out at both 12 and 17 to live with my other parent, be it taking things away. That was a really common one in my household. If I quote unquote talked back, which really was just you know at all talking back like the the parent said this is what it is this is the way it goes and if I was like well wait a minute that doesn't seem that's not fair like I I didn't do anything wrong that was talking back and so the response to that oftentimes was you know take everything away ground me to my room depending in the anger you know really hurtful things that stuck with me just constant I'm a brat I'm ungrateful been told many 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 times you know I'm not a good daughter and so over time these things contributed to these core inner child wounds I was an amazing really smart good kid I was working at 15 almost full-time at 16 I graduated high school early. I was a straight A student. I didn't do drugs. I didn't sneak out. I took care of my little brother. I kept my room clean. By all of the standard measures, I was a good kid. I was a really good kid. Like at 16, I was me going out was going to church. The I'm not enough really kind of came from I am constantly trying to love you, but you're not in a place to receive love. So I love you and then you tell me I don't love you constantly as recent as a few weeks ago. I have been told my entire life by one of my parents that I don't love them. I'm not loving. And so that's kind of where that I'm not enough came from. I can be my best self. I can get great grades. I can work. I can graduate early. I can move out on my own at 17 and I'm still not enough. It's still not enough that you know you're happy or what I've you know healed and realized now is that you're able to receive my love it's taken me a really long time to get to that place but that's kind of how I overcame that I'm not enough I am enough it's just you're not healed and you're not in a place where my enough can be accepted the other one too the I'm not worthy that one kind of came more later in life that definitely started in my teens that one came from my romantic relationships I won't go too deep into that one but it's pretty self-explanatory as I had relationships where I was cheated on or there was physical violence or there was mental violence or whatever it was I just really deeply started to believe like I am just not worthy of good treatment I'm not worthy of love and then as I went into my addiction I hammered that one real deep into my psyche in my own actions of telling myself I wasn't worthy and not honoring my own worth. Those are kind of my core inner child wounds and I've been working really hard to heal those. I healed the I am not enough one earlier this year and just like really learning that self-love, self-awareness, all of the things that come with that. And then I healed the I am not enough when I got really spiritual and had my awakening and got connected to source God creator and just really knowing like I am enough. I am perfectly created. I am a perfect representation of whatever you believe in's creation expressing as you know me. And I, I am enough. I am enough. I am worthy. And I know those things. You know, once in a blue moon, those I'm not worthy or I'm not enough come up. Usually in when I'm giving and receiving love. So I'm not worthy when people are trying to give me love. 
and I've had to learn to accept compliments, right? Because we're just a society that deflects like, no, no, I'm not that thing or oh, that's so nice of you to say, let me say something about you to get the attention off me. And so I've done a lot of work in those areas. But the one that I'm still working through and that I think I made a really major breakthrough on, probably the biggest breakthrough on recently is I am not lovable. And it is for a plethora of reasons. And we could sit here, you know, all day till our faces are blue going back and forth about what caused that and, you know, this and that. But again, the core of speaking your truth is it's not about whose fault it is. There's nobody's fault. We all have traumas. We all have core inner child wounds. So going back to this, I'm not lovable. I have had a parent who when, you know, they feel wronged or hurt because this is one of their coping mechanisms, the reaction is to lash out and tell me, you know, you're not making me feel loved. You're not loving. You're not a loving daughter. This is, you know, 20 plus years of hearing this. This has been a common theme. I've actually reached a point very recently where it's just like, enough like I am not going to welcome hearing this in my reality in my life anymore like if you don't have anything new to say you can't say that to me because it's not true I am loving and I am lovable and hearing that constantly is really damaging and I know that that's again I am loving they're just not in a place to receive love this is when it clicked for me is I can love you wholly and completely as best as I can from my most healed place. I have shown up this year as much as I can as my most loving, high vibe self and you still feel that way and it's because you're not in a place to receive that love. If there's anyone struggling with the like, you know, I'm not enough or I'm not, I'm not loving or any of those core wounds, sit with that for a minute. You know, journal on that, meditate on that, ask yourself, is it really that I'm not that or is it that this other person's not in a place where they can receive that? Or is it that in the way that I give that and express that is not aligned with that person's ego and the way that they think you should be doing it? You have those people who are like, love is physical affection. And then you have people who are like, love is saying I love you. And then you have, you know, one of the things in this relationship for me is people who say like, love is always physically being there for someone. It doesn't matter how you treated them. It doesn't matter, you know, if you had horrific boundary violations or said or did really hurtful things. As long as you were always physically in their life, then that's love. And so it's really kind of getting to this core of evaluating what is love? What do you define love as? What do other people define love as? That's really, in essence, what I've been working on is this concept of loving, being lovable, loving myself, giving and receiving love. And so I had this experience recently where I, number one, finally spoke my truth for the first time in many, many years. I would argue 15 plus years to this person. I would react out of ego or anger or fear or sadness and not speak my truth saying like, oh, you're this or you're that or you've done this or you've done that. Recently, I spoke my truth in a way of my truth is that this is how I feel. This is how these things have impacted me. And really to the core, this is the work that I'm doing to try and heal. Currently what that looks like for me is being no contact with one of my parents. That is something that I need to do for myself. It's something that I need for two reasons. Number one, I am not coming from my most healed and loving place when I engage with this person. It takes extensive effort and energy. And while I'm able to do it 90% of the time, 
there's usually that one core trigger and I devolve into a less loving and healed place. Number two is I'm at a really core point of healing this core wound and this really pivotal point, if you will, and having your trigger right there in your face telling you you're not loving as you're trying to heal that core wound, I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. And that's not to say it can't be done. I can admit my limitations. I'm only human and I'm not perfect. And so for me personally right now, that can't be done. And so I asked for some time and space away to work on that. And I am taking that very seriously. I just enrolled, actually today, I start a three-month healing your inner child from, you know, toxic and it's called toxic and narcissistic relationships. But it's really focused on getting to the core of healing this so that I'm not triggered in this person's presence or in anyone's presence that makes me feel unlovable unworthy or not enough and so that's something that I'm doing as kind of this really final step of okay I've identified the core wounds I've done extensive self-work I've you know kind of healed a lot of these shadows I've done a lot of the energy alignment in 99% of my life it's all good and well however in this one relationship it's just still so difficult for me it's just not completely transcended and I really truly have accepted and believe that the responsibility is on me that I have to heal myself enough to get to a place where this person doesn't trigger me because this person is not working to heal themselves right now to get to a place where they're not triggered and so it does kind of put the responsibility on me to do this for myself to do this for both of us because I love them deeply and in a perfect world I would love a relationship with them some of the ways outside of obviously this program that I have been working to kind of heal these core wounds and learn how to speak my truth number one meditation 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 this is probably the number one thing that you can add to your life to make a massive difference and you don't have to meditate every day multiple times a day you don't have to you know do certain types of meditation there's silent meditation there's guided there's music you don't need to be sitting like there is no right way to meditate at least 10 minutes just sit down Try to close out the distractions. The Calm app is really great. There's a plethora of guided meditations on YouTube. I really like frequency music. However you can add in meditation into your life, try it. A quote that I shared on my social media was, prayer is talking to God, you know, asking for things. Meditation is listening to God or creator or source. Silencing your mind enough to detach and remember and become the observer because we've all become so identified with our minds and our egos that we don't even realize we're not our mind and our thoughts and our feelings we are completely consumed and controlled by them most of the time at least that's what I realized a year ago and so when I really started to meditate and get quiet and sit with quietly observing my mind these thoughts would pop in these random thoughts you know I need to do this thing or so and so did that thing or getting upset about this thing someone said to me a week ago ago it really taught me how to detach touch and release is a really great method and also understand understand that I am not my mind and my thoughts don't control me and I can pause and get quiet and sit with myself before allowing these thoughts to dictate my actions and my emotions number two something that's been incredibly profound for me is acupuncture 
And really acupuncture is, you know, Chinese medicine. It's all about qi, which is just energy. We are all energetic beings, right? This is science, friends. This isn't spirituality. This isn't anything but science. We are all energetic beings. You have energy in your cells. You're made up of energy. You have an energetic, you know, aura or field around you. When I really started to kind of understand and accept this like this is the thing with acupuncture if you're not open to it and you don't believe in it I feel like it doesn't work and so I went into it really believing I am an energetic person and I have trauma stored in my body energetically again science we know that trauma stores in the body and I am willing and open to writing that energy to releasing energy that's no longer serving me right so like anger is usually stored in the shoulders if you have a lot of gut problems there's a lot of things stored in the gut if you get a lot of rep or throat stuff you could have a lot of energy blockages in your throat chakra and so if you really step back and you're kind of like huh I have you know these health issues or you know heart chakra heart issues heart disease I really believe heart disease is just plaguing humanity right now because our heart chakras are blocked we are loving energetic beings that are meant to serve and you know serve each other and community and that has been really severed in mainstream society so that was a long-winded explanation but acupuncture is you know, putting needles in specific energy points to kind of write and direct the flow of chi in your body and or to access an energy point where something might be stored to release that. And so some things that I've worked through in acupuncture, I have been doing it for a while now and I started it for ovary pain from an ovarian cyst I had when I was pregnant. Come to find out that pain was really the trauma being stored there of my miscarriage. And I have had multiple profound sessions around that. I'm talking, you know, sobbing and just like really releasing and grieving that loss and the pain goes away. I have worked with acupuncture around insomnia. Uh, Almost every session we put some in my ears for nicotine cravings. I have seven plus months without nicotine and that was a really big addiction for me and so to not have those cravings has been really great. It really works on an energetic level and helps everything. You know, my skin got better, my sleep got better, my stomach issues got better and once I kind of got some of those core things down I started to really move into doing like spiritual acupuncture and so now we do you know full body meridian points and they're kind of you know they're in my back my hands my ears my face my my feet Uh, I've had needles in my armpit (laughs) I'm very open to it and I just kind of let the acupuncturist figure out where they feel like the energy's off because they're also an energy reader and that's just been really incredible the other thing that's been really big in my journey meditation kind of primes the mind acupuncture kind of helps prime the body I would argue the next thing kind of primes the soul and also you know the mind and the body but plant medicine has been really really important in my journey and I know that may have made some of you kind of tense up it might make some of you uncomfortable I would really encourage you to sit with the discomfort and ask yourself what were you told what were you told to believe what were you feared into believing around plant medicine really sit with that and consider trying to take a different perspective and even if it's not for you that's totally cool I understand it's not everyone's choice but for me in my journey it has been (laughs) life-saving so um two things number one is you know THC and I am a 
huge proponent of microdosing. All of my plant medicines and just substances in general, microdose and microdose. There's so much cool science. You know, instead of going from zero to 100, you're going from zero to 10. And consistently going from zero to 10, you're training your brain how to do that without needing zero to 100. And then over time, you're able to kind of access that without even needing the plant medicines. I'm talking about, you know, a 100 milligram edible is kind of the standard sold in Oregon. I usually, a dose is 10 milligrams. I usually take 2.5. That's kind of my medicinal microdose. You're not stoned. You're really just kind of taking that edge off enough to really get core deep into trauma and wounds and inner child work because that stuff's tough to do on your own, especially when you're dealing with some really heavy stuff. The other part of plant medicine has been microdosing psilocybin therapy and I'm just really grateful you know to be doing this it's taking sub perceptual again so like if you know a gram of mushrooms is like you're tripping you know full dose this is taking you know a hundred milligrams so sub perceptual you're fully functional you're not having visuals you can drive doses of psilocybin this one is a little bit more i feel like the thc kind of takes the edge off of things it kind of gets me out of the way of my ego out of the way of my mind and then the psilocybin comes in and does the the neural work like i can actually feel my brain creating new neural pathways and when a moment comes up or a big emotion comes up or a tough thing comes up it's significantly easier to choose the positive path to choose the loving path to hear that thought of you're not worthy or you're not lovable and go "Mm, actually thank you mind for that thought I'm going to release that and I'm going to choose to love myself and then going and looking myself in the mirror and saying I love you and so those are kind of the three core things that have really made a difference for me and as I've incorporated those into my life and I've done a lot of inner child work I've really worked on speaking my truth and what that's looked like for me and what I really want for you all is saying no. Saying no is something that was really uncomfortable for me. Not having to say yes or not feeling like I have to say yes to every invitation to come out. Honoring myself and saying, you know, I don't have the energetic bandwidth to come out and hang out tonight or in my former job like I can you do this or can you take on that no actually I can't take on more or no I can't do that for you today so saying no has been huge which is a form of boundary setting and leads me into number two which is boundaries I really struggled with boundaries and I still do it's you know it's a learning process growth isn't linear but I'm learning how to say you know this is something that I don't welcome or accept in my life like a certain type of treatment or whatever it may be and you know setting boundaries with my loved ones setting boundaries with my friends of you know what is and isn't welcome and then honoring those and that's really the hard part I don't have as much of a hard part setting them today but honoring them for myself and for others because we can't just honor our own boundaries we also need to honor and respect other people's boundaries And that's really tough when you're in a highly emotional state and someone's saying like, I need a minute and you're like, well, I want to do this now. You now have to give them the grace of what they've given you to honor their boundary and give them the space they need. So saying no, boundaries, and then just again, this last point here of this final overarching truth of speaking, speaking my truth of, you know, telling people how I feel, telling people, you know, hey, 
that thing that you just said, like that didn't sit well with me. And, you know, can I offer, you know, my thoughts and my feelings? And something that's worked really well for me is asking to share my truth because while we are, you know, all free and sovereign and we can argue about politics and free speech, that's not what this is about. To the core, you do have the right to speak your truth to anyone at any point. And if they're not willing or able to accept that truth, you're wasting your energy. And so that's what I would encourage in what I'm saying of asking people for permission to share your truth of like, hey, I'm having some feelings. Are you able to hear those now? Or something that you've said has been difficult for me. Can we have a conversation around that? Those are kind of some really effective ways to speak your truth and to more effectively engage with people. I'm not sitting here and saying that that's easy. Speaking your truth is terrifying and you can do this. You can speak your truth. You can find and coax out and love and support your inner child. I want that for you. Your life on this earth is so precious and is so finite. You are not here to work a job. You are not here to please your parents. You are not here to be a perfect parent. You are not here to do anything other than heal, love, love the creator, God, source, whatever you believe in. Clear your karma, clear your blockages so that you don't have to keep doing this. You don't have to live in a place of feeling unloved, of feeling unworthy, of feeling like you can't get over your grief. So as always, I challenge you, pick one person, just one. It doesn't have to be the biggest one. Pick one person to speak your truth to in whatever way feels doable and safe and comfortable for you. And start trying to connect with your inner child. Who, who is your inner child? Where's that silly, playful, innocent, kind, loving inner part of you? How can you start fostering it? How can you start healing it? If I can do this, you can do this. I have been there. I have not been exactly where you've been, but I know what trauma feels like. And I know that your inner child is just waiting and begging and wanting to come out. Take it a little bit at a time, but you can do this. I'm here to support. I'm rooting for you. Go speak your truth and know that everything that I've said today is coming from a place of trying to help heal everybody, including my parents, including myself, including you. We can do this together. And the way that we do this is by looking inward, is by not constantly blaming each other, is by not placing each other in this place of fear, is by being willing to do something different. I will see you all next week. Go out there, speak your truth, find your inner child, and let me know what you find because I can't wait to see the freedom that you get from speaking your truth and the love and joy that you get when you find and hold and spend time with and love your inner child.